Revolting is a production of the Cycling Independent, with the support of listeners like you, and this month, the support also of the master bike builders at Seven Cycles. TCI is a community-supported, community-focused site dedicated to the whole of cycling. The Cycling Independent, we say, if you ride bikes, you're one of us. This is Revolting with steve and Robot on the Cycling Independent, episode 86, the East Coast, West Coast beef. Content warning. We don't censor ourselves. We use bad words. Toilet humor is the default. What you do with that information is on you. Thank you for showing up and goodbye. Um, this is the Revolting Podcast. I'm steve That's I'm Robot. Rob- that's Robot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We are... We were just discussing uh, being tired <laughs> and not like not being able to use um, not being able to use our bodies for a myriad of reasons. Uh, robot's pretty fit, and he does a lot of uh, additional sort of not extraneous. What is the word I'm looking? For? Extracurricular, gratuitous, uh, f- physical things. You know, it's not you're just not on the bike, or you're not just like one trick pony you do a lot of stuff and uh sometimes that comes back and bites you in the ass yeah i i don't know i rode bikes yesterday so i pulled a classic me yesterday let me tell you about what i did yesterday this i i I can't believe i didn't share this with you right after i did it so my my buddy uh who i ride mountain bikes with is like oh let's go to this spot in southern new hampshire that we went one time before because we rode a bunch of stuff there the one time we'd been there, but it was kind of the junky stuff. And there's all this other stuff that we got to like discover, but it's like a 45 minute drive. So, okay. Yeah, we're going to go for it. So we drive up there and we pull into the parking lot. Now, normally you would find other cars there, but there's no cars there. And I'm like, well, that's curious. And then from, from very far away, I can see that there's a sign right at the trailhead. And I'm like, well, that sign wasn't there before. But before I can get over to the sign with my weak ass eyeballs to actually read it, I look down and realize I have brought with me the wrong shoes for the bike that I have brought along. You brought some road shoes to a mountain bike ride? No, I have on shoes for flats with the bike that has clipless pedals on it. Hmm. Normally, I'd ride flat pedals on my mountain bike, but I swapped mountain bikes. I was like, oh, this other bike is so great. I'm going to ride this bike today. But now it looks like I'm riding on the spindles. Great job, John. So then <laughs> so then I'm like, oh, God, fuck me. How, how do I how do I even leave my house? I'm so stupid. We and just then talked I ride, about we just talked about this. Like we just I had know. a conversation about this. I know. And because we just had a conversation about it, when I threw those flat shoes into the back of the car, I like patted myself on the back. Way to go. You remembered your shoes. Ha ha ha. You're not going to get you this time. (laughs) You ever heard that expression? The difficulty with making things idiot proof is that idiots are so clever. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. Yeah. So I I outwitted my. 
I can get away what? with wearing that on a t-shirt. Yeah. With an arrow that's pointing up. Yeah. So so I so I pedal my spindles over to the trailhead to see what the sign says, and it says trails closed for mud season. Now it's July, it's not mud season, but as you may have seen in the national news, we've gotten quite a bit of rain lately. Yeah. And they just closed the trails that we drove 45 minutes to with the wrong shoes. Uh, if I was a little bit more on the ball right now, I would quote John Candy in Vacation. Something about the sign and the moose, but uh, oh, I'm, yes. a, I'm out of my I'm out of my head right now. So sorry, folks. Parks closed. The moose out front should have told you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Boy. Well, uh, so what did you do? So we drove. Uh, so we went back the way we came and went to this other spot that we go to all the time. And I just rode flat shoes on clipless pedals for oh, an hour and a half. Man, I would have just gone on a hike or something. I should have just drowned myself in the river that runs right past that trail system is what I should have done. Because then I went home uh, and at some point in the afternoon, and I don't know if this is related to one of the roughly thousand times my feet like spun off of the pedal as mm-hmm. i was trying to and and the place we went we ended up going with is much more technical so actually i paid a higher penalty than i would have if we had just gone to the flowy place but then my right hip flexor seized up to the point where i was like <laughs> i i i got home and i was like i can't walk up the stairs to my house like i'm dragging my right leg behind me well you uh you know, I, I don't want to say that you deserved it, but you know that oh, was I you. Think so it was uh, that was a ramshackle house of your own construction, and so you know I don't want to see my friend in pain, and I want to see my friend unable to lift their leg up the stairs. But it's because of you, what you did to yourself, you, and then yeah. you pushed. You just kept pushing that boulder down the path. You know, you didn't say well, I guess I'm going to go swimming or I'm going to go climb a tree or I'm going to go look at some bugs. You insisted on going on a fucking bike ride. Oh, by the way, I didn't tell you, we don't have a slide whistle, but I found this in my toolbox the other day. Oh, so that's can, a good one. Bike content. Do, yeah, I could do that anytime we bring up bicycles. You know, that's in, in some ways, even that is related because I wrote down in my, on my like to-do list, get slide whistle from Owen. Uh, (laughs) And I can't even do that. Okay. So I think, uh, what you gotta do, I don't, I mean, like I've only forgotten my shoes on when I left town to ride bikes one time and that was in 1997. And I vowed to never do it again. And I've never done it again. Uh, to be fair, I don't spend a lot of time driving to places to ride. But, uh, you know, it's happened. Um, and uh, maybe you just need to, like, uh, tether your shoes to specific shoes to to the bike that they go with. I think what I'm going to do uh, is, uh, especially with the flat shoes, I'll just tie the laces around my ankles and just drag them along behind me as I walk around everywhere in my life. That way I can never be without those. Yeah. Like, like a little kid with their mittens. Yeah. You can never lose your mittens. If they're tied to you, you can never put on the wrong shoes. If the right ones are. Oh, you'll, you'll figure out a way to fuck it up. 
I will, man. I just like and I feel like it's it happens. I'm not like this all the time. There's just certain days where my brain does not is it's 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 like out of sync with reality. I think that I'm doing all the right things, but I'm I'm just not. Sometimes I worry of like I'll, stuff like that will happen. And, and I think like maybe I should get tested for Alzheimer's. Because yeah, early, totally. early onset Alzheimer's is definitely a thing. And I don't know what it looks like, but, but, you know, and I'm not to the point where I'm like forgetting if I ate or whatever. But, you know, I, and I think really like, I don't know, a large part of it, I think somehow relates to just general exhaustion. That could be got too many irons, irons in the fire or something. I don't know. I don't deal well with um, multitasking, really, if I have to think about more than we talked about that before. You know, if I have like one thing to do during the day at three o'clock, that's like, that's it. I can't (laughs) leave my house. I can't. I just sit there and wait because, you know, if they're, oh, boy, I got something on August 9th. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess uh, I guess I'm not doing anything between now and. And August 9th. Um, it could be a, a fatigue issue. It could be I'm just in a, a weird spot. Like the night before uh, this shoe uh, fiasco, I went to pick my kid up from his volleyball camp. And I started, we got on the high, back on the highway after I picked him up and we got behind a poop truck, you know, like one of those big tanker trucks that drains septic tanks and porta potties. Yeah. So I started just talking to him about the poop truck, you know, like, Hey, do you think there's enough poop in there to fill your entire bedroom from, you know, floor to ceiling? And he was, (laughs) you know, (laughs) he was having problems with that. And in the meantime, I just went right by our exit. I'm just like cracking myself up with poop. Oh man, the poop truck's probably going to our house. Look at this. And then I realized, oh, I went right past our exit. I have to get back off the highway and turn around. Like, what's wrong with me? You were wholly focused on the tank. Uh, my friend Ladass, he's he's pretty he's super funny. He's a really smart guy. He's an attorney. I think he's a partner at the law firm. Like, he's one of the smartest dudes I know, but he's also one of the crassest, like most ill-behaved people I've, I've ever known. And mm-hmm. one time he suggested that I go ask the guy who was pumping out a shitter if I could, like, stand next to him and jack off. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> oh, so, no. <laughs> we're like, oh, you don't even have to watch me. Like, I'll just stand around the corner. <laughs> and so that's kind of been a, a long-standing joke uh, whenever, <laughs> whenever I'm around John. Um, uh, so uh, speaking of exhaustion, (laughs) yes, you are also broken off. Uh, Oh man. Well, I've been uh, whinging about it on social media, but I got it. The same folks who I worked for last year did a bunch of trenching and plumbing and demo. And, uh, they have the ADA in the city has, uh, required any building with two floors to, um, install uh, uh, wheelchair access. Um, and in this instance, uh, well, it's if you renovate over 4,000 square feet, and I think over 4,000 square feet upstairs has been renovated. Um, in this instance, we have to build an elevator shaft. We don't have to put Ooh. an elevator in it, but we have to build all of the infrastructure. That's what's required. Um, 
So for the last two weeks, uh, we've been doing demo of construction that uh, my partner, sort of the the job lead contractor, like he built all of this stuff. And this guy is 100% no slouch. So everything he built was way fucking overbuilt. So we're, we're demoing the stuff that is just indestructible. You know, I mean, like, like everything, not only was everything screwed together, but it was liquid nailed together. I mean, it was absolutely bomb proof. And uh, so I just about killed myself in that project. Uh, and now for the last week, uh, we have to dig a pit for the elevator. And then we have to dig another pit for the mechanics right next to the pit. So for the last week, I've been working on this hole that is uh, three and a half feet deep by eight feet by eight feet. So I had to demo all the concrete, move all of that, carry it to a dumpster, uh, then start digging. And yesterday I counted and I think it was 1,200 shovelfuls of dirt. So I was figuring each wheelbarrow and I'm standing in a fucking hole throwing dirt above my head, you know, and it's clay, it's sticky. So you throw the shovel full and nothing comes off of it. And then the shovel bangs on this side of the wheelbarrow and all the dirt falls back in the pit. And this is, (laughs) this is what I did. I think I, I dug for eight, eight hours yesterday, you know, minus a a little bit of time to eat an apple and, and a salad, maybe, maybe six and a half hours. Um, and I was so cooked. I sweat through my knee brace, which then sweat through my pants. I sweat through my shirt. I was, water was just pouring off of my hat. I was fucking ruined. And I grabbed a sledgehammer at the end of the day. And, uh, it just like, I just slipped out of my hand. Like I had not enough grip strength after that to pick up. A, it's, I don't know. It's like a 20 pound sledge. Uh, it hurts to brush my teeth. It hurt, It hurts to get into the bathtub. Like all of my joints are fucked. It's definitely, um, led me to recognize that I think with every year that passes, I am less capable of doing really intensive manual labor than I was the year before. Cause I could barely uh, manage the jackhammer this time around. Granted, it was a new jackhammer and it was fucking, it was pissed, but my (laughs) wrists are just fucked, you know, like I'm just, I'm just done for. I don't know what I'm going to do. And then I I was working at the bar. Like I fucking dug for six hours and then I went to work at the closing shift at the bar. It's been wild. Have you, have you been sentenced? Was, is there some crime that you're being rehabilitated for that's causing you to exhibit these behaviors? Not in this life. Even your construction buddy was like, you can't work that hard. You're going to kill yourself. He reminded me before he left yesterday. He's like, remember, like pace yourself. And, and I was talking to my dad about this. It's, you know, not, not to like lay blame anywhere, but I was raised in any job I had, every job I had, I've been working since before it was legal to work, you know? And then, uh, and then I got a proper job when I was whatever, 14 or whatever the legal age is in Colorado. Uh, but we are cutting wood and you have to cut as much wood as you can. You have to split as much wood. You got to stack as much wood because you only got eight hours and you know, winter's <laughs> winter's five months away. So we better start now. <laughs> I yeah. think w- when they sold the house, uh, I grew up in, I think there was, there was like seven cords of wood still under the <laughs> deck. Like it was fucking ridiculous. Um, 
But, uh, you know, it's like you, you bust your ass like daylight's burning. You know, you wash all of the dishes, you carry all of the garbage, you do everything. You, you never slow down. And yeah, um, I, I'm the same way. I had, I had one of those dads. I had a dad who would like murder himself with work and taught me to do that. And now, mm-hmm. you know, my wife, I, I'll take the groceries out of the car and I have like seven bags you know, they're like slung <laughs> over each shoulder and like dragging behind me. My wife is like, could you not take two trips? And I was like, no, no, that's a no, that's, one that's, trip. That's a sign of weakness. Yeah, it really is. Uh, you know, I mean, I've I've really had some fucking come to Jesus meetings with myself. I was talking to myself out loud, I think, last night. Like, I am so afraid of being seen as a weak link. Yes. You know, I will, I will fucking kill myself. This is gonna, this is gonna kill me. You know, I don't know how to pace myself. Um, uh, I was disappointed that I didn't get, you know, that last, whatever, uh, uh, yard of dirt out of the hole before I, uh, before my body gave up. (laughs) Before you collapsed. It was, it's fucking crazy. And, and he is the first person I've ever worked with who has encouraged me to pace myself. It's never been a thing. It's never even been, um, uh, a topic of discussion. Well, that's the thing. Every, everyone everywhere that I've ever been where I've like attacked a job has been like, Oh, you, you work, you know, like it's all been praise. It's all been positive reinforcement for that behavior. Yeah. It's only my body now that is like, fuck you. This snow will be on the ground tomorrow. It's fine. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. The idea of shoveling snow right now, that just like, that just made me wince. Like I can't, (laughs) when I just gesticulated by raising my arm and and sort of like using my hand and and like that, that hurts. And it's not muscle soreness. We were talking about this before we started recording. It's not like my muscles are fine. It's just, it's everything. It's just, everything (laughs) is empty. Um, and my ankles, my ankles hurt real bad. Yeah. Everything hurts. For some reason. When it, when a really big snowstorm, I will shovel until the, I'll shovel right-handed until that side of my back starts to give out. And then I will shovel Mm left-handed until that, that side (laughs) starts to give out. And then I will go inside and yell at my kids for not shoveling. (laughs) That's my, that's what I do. (laughs) You know, we had a pretty long driveway. Like we were in the cuts uh, when I grew up at the house I grew up in. And, um, we had a pretty long driveway. I don't know how long it was, but it was fucking long. And, um, it was my job to shovel it and not to say like, Oh, my parents were whipping me or whatever. Uh, it's just, you know, part of living in that, you know, having a roof over my head was I had to contribute understandably and rightfully. Um, uh, but, uh, when I left to go to college, my parents bought a snowblower. It's good stuff. <laughs> like if that's yeah. not a sign of like, well, we didn't ever want to do it. Right. So when you left, like we got a machine when all I wanted, I was like, get a snowblower. I will, I will clear our driveway. I'll do everybody's driveway. Just get, you right. know, like a snowblower that no, no, not until, nope. until they had to, until they were faced with it. Uh, but my parents are lovely people and they, they instilled a good, strong work ethic in me. Um, I just need to figure out how to temper it. Like, like I said, this uh, Eric is the first person who's ever 
told me that that I'm like doing myself a disservice and you know the job's going to get done when the job gets done we have a fucking month to do this and going forward I think I'm just going to like we have one more dig pit to dig and then I'm going to um it'll just be framing and you know cutting two by fours and stuff so it'll be easy this is just a really intense part of the job sure um so uh yeah now uh, I get the day off and I have an acupuncture appointment in a little while. And I'm gonna, hopefully my guy will put me back together and then I can start the process all over again. You can dig again. My my wife's <clears throat> grandfather, uh, who was a World War II vet, built his own house after the war, as you know, people who were better than us did. Mm-hmm. And as part of that, he hand dug the basement. So an eight so, foot is fucked eight. Well, let's say it was a seven foot ceiling down there. And I've seen a photo of it, of them like standing on their, sh- like with their shovels, uh, in over their heads. I, I, what? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, you know, like, um, well, my dad, my dad built the house we grew up in. He and his buddies, uh, and you know, he, he like, that guy has, he's a mule. He, he was a teacher. He'd work all school year and then he'd do construction all summer. Um, that was always, that was just what he did. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't out of boredom or something. He just yeah. did what he had to do to, to keep food on the table. And, um, uh, he didn't dig the basement. That's fucking insane. Uh, <laughs> uh but, uh, there's, I think I've told the story like some people, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, obviously I'm not, I don't have an aversion to, to hard work, right? Like that's not my thing, but I don't, I'm not, it might be just because I'm older, but I did work with uh, like the dirt in Oakland. Okay. Let me start the story in a different way. The dirt in Oakland is like hardened clay. It's uh, it's weird. You go on a, 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 like a wet mountain bike ride and this stuff is like baked on clay. Uh, and it's like, I learned early on, um, in the, I don't know, in the early nineties, like don't go on a mountain bike ride when it's wet, you know? And then I realized like, Oh, you're actually fucking up the trails. And, uh, so we're doing French drains. This is like five years ago and there's the job lead. And then she had two Guatemalan dudes who worked for her. And then I felt like a dick, like, well, I'm not just going to sit inside you know, I'm going to go out there. Like I know how to swing a hammer. I know how to dig a hole. And so I trenched with these guys and the, the lead was like, you know, this isn't going to make the job any cheaper. And I was like, no, it's not, that's not the thing. I just feel like an asshole, like white dudes sitting inside while the laborers are outside. So, uh, I too got involved in this process progress process. And, um, it was real fucking hard. Um, but I, you know, pulled the best weight I could. And in the time that I would dig, you know, a three foot trench that was, uh, 12 feet long, uh, this other dude would have dug a 10 foot trench that was 18 feet long. (laughs) And I just didn't understand. Like I've got hands, I got a back, I got feet. This guy is just stronger or more dogged determined. I'm not sure, but those guys we're fucking machines and super cool. You know, we'd all hang out and like drink lemonade together and 
I, I think they at least respected the fact that I was trying. Yeah. But I'm not built that way. I, I don't know. I like to blame my age, but I don't, I don't know what it, I don't know what it is. Someone, uh, uh, <clears throat> I, I coached kids soccer, uh, for many years when my kids played soccer and, uh, I was the, I was always the soccer guy, like the coach guy. And then someone else would sort of organize the kids. And, uh, one year we had, it, this was still at the time when parents would put their kids in, even though they knew like this kid's not athletic at all, but like soccer is just the activity that everyone does and it's socializing and it's, you know, teamwork and it's all that other stuff. So, and you know, I'm the coach. I just play all the kids cause it's kids soccer. Like who, I don't give a fuck who wins <laughs> or loses. You're you know? also just there for the orange slices. Yeah, that's right. Um, so I, I, we have this one kid on the team and, you know, physical things are probably not going to be his bag, right? Like he's going to cure a disease or get us on Mars. I don't know. But so one of the other dads kind of wanders over to me and he says, um, it, it looks like that guy can't, that kid can't run. And I was like, yeah, he's not, he hasn't quite sorted out left then right then left then right he's kind of like left right left right 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 left <laughs> you know it's not going that great and he looks at me and i don't care i love this kid he's the sweetest kid and he looks at me and he goes every every generation is weaker than the one that came before and he walks away i was like what Fuck you. What? what just happened and then i thought i mean he's kind of right what he just said was evil but not entirely wrong. Like my dad could outwork me. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know. I've got no perspective and I got no take on that. Uh, I don't, I do know that other people who I've, uh, like done jobs with or, you know, signed up to work for or whatever said that they, it's just really, really difficult to find people to work. Like either, like I'm not, saying well the you know the younger kids don't want to work i don't know i don't know i'm just saying that this person if if the best you can do is a 53 year old dude to dig fucking fence <laughs> post holes for you like i don't buy that there's <laughs> like i can't i can't be the i can't be the only option you know so but that's just that was his experience is he couldn't find young people to work and there's not you know there is talk of people not uh the trades are kind of suffering like nobody there aren't any electric any electricians or any carpenters yep um i you know i don't know i, I mean know. you're you're 53 but to be fair you have the body of a 70 year old <laughs> <laughs> man all i want to do is like i just want to feel good you know like i feel yes. it's i don't want to go on a bike ride right now because i'm so cashed that i can't go skateboarding because my knees fucked up and you know like i'm just trying to like i'm trying to maintain this jalopy uh <laughs> but uh you know we're let's see uh whatever and i'm just now i'm just complaining again let's get into uh let's get into music because you got a good one, and I have a good one, and unlike ordinarily, we are kind of on the same page, but this week we're definitely, definitely not. Well, this week, 
this last week, I don't know what happened. I've been listening to kind of like happy summertime music. Uh, you know, real catchy sing-along stuff. And one of the catchiest sing-alongest records of all time is my pick this week, which is The Go-Go's Beauty and the Beat. So catchy. Have you oh. seen the Have you seen the documentary? The Go-Go's documentary. Yes. Yeah. So interesting. They're such interesting people and it's so like you listen to it and you're like, ah, oh, this is just some bubblegum pop or whatever. But you really learn, you're like, you invest some time in learning how, all of the obstacles that they overcame and all of the, the misogyny and all of the fucking grief. They're super cool people. All of them. I love them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what's crazy is if you look at the songwriting credits, it's spread around like all those all those women were writing great songs uh just an incredible group that came together and made just god damn it just makes me happy mhm yeah and it still does it it holds up i think if you listen to um uh jeez what's the one with them water skiing oh vacation yeah if you listen to that record it's just like it's just note for note. It's perfect. Well, and another thing that I love about it is that um, clearly they they were sort of packaged as this like, oh, cute, fun, loving girl group. But like they were <laughs> they were derelicts just like us. Oh, big time. Uh, so I like that kind of uh, misdirection. Belinda Carlisle, Belinda Carlisle was was a peer of Darby Crash. From the germs like I think they went to high school together or something like she was like yeah she was in the trenches with the derelicts you know yeah. and they fucking it's like dirtbags do good story you know I love those those yeah. always make feel, make me feel good um okay con, con, conversely uh inversely yep what's the word the opposite of yeah that's it yeah. in keeping with the theme of today's show but I love it. So okay, it is uh nineteen. This came out in nineteen ninety one. Uh, it's uh, a CD. I don't think they made a record of it called uh, "Espontaneo" uh, by the San Diego Percussion and Performance Group Crash Worship. Oh, um, it was recorded at San Francisco's Kennel Club, and I was there that night. And I've been listening to. I think I got on like a San Diego kick after we did the Rick. Broberg uh, tribute episode and so I started listening to Crash Worship again a lot and my god it is it's such good shit I miss them terribly we so uh, this is also in keeping with today's show uh you and uh, we did the Rick Froberg uh rest in peace show and I also I think I texted you that I had spent the day listening to Tanner yeah. Uh, which is great. But then the next day, uh, I listened to that crash worship record. Oh, this, uh, this one in particular. Yeah. Um, dynamite. It's it just gets better and better and better. That intro when it's all the whistle whistles and explosions and gunshots and stuff. Mm. There's a procession of people. There's like their drums are set up and I think they were on the, on the floor. Maybe they were on the stage. I can't remember. There were some on the stage and some on the floor. This procession of people 
uh, comes through and there's fire and they're, they're all holding this rope. So they're basically dividing the crowd and the lights are strobes and explosions and they're spraying. It's like, like everybody's half dressed and they're spraying scented water in the air and some of it tastes sweet and some of it tastes sour and you smell Sprite. And there's like, it's just like sensory fucking overload. And then, and then uh, they had this guy who played this like weird guitar stringed instrument that was really, really long. And, um, and it had like five strings on it. It was amplified. It was some shit that he built. And, uh, and then it's like, you know, we've talked about the quiet, loud, quiet, like crash worship was really good with the quiet, loud, quiet. And then all of a sudden it's just this pulsating, um, like sensory overload, percussive explosion and people are freaking out. And it's like some of the most insane shows I've ever been to. And it's this, here's a funny story. Um, well, fuck. How long ago was 1991 from this day in 2023 right now? Oh, 32 years ago? Th 32 years ago. The first time I ever saw Crash Worship was 32 years ago today. Oh. And it's, uh, there are four videos. If you Google uh, Crash Worship Junkyard Show. And they played at a junkyard in Denver. There are two flat, no, there are two trailer truck trailers, like at angles, uh, butting up against a flatbed and the flatbed is where the band performed. And then the P and there were like cameras up on these, uh, trailers. Um, and my friend, Mark Dickerson, his brother, Paul was one of the, he, he ran this, uh, imprint called we never sleep. And they worked with Pauline and survival research laboratories and, um, all of these sort of subversive kind of art groups. And Paul was a pretty fucking intimidating figure. I was living with Mark at the time. Mark and I were very good friends, but Paul was scary. Uh, he might not have been scary in real life, but he was pretty scary to me. And um, so we rode to the junkyard and locked our bikes up and um, ate a bunch of mushrooms. And then the, the, the group that opened for Crash Worship this night was called the Haters. And they wore uh, leather through, there was three of them, I think, or four of them. And they wore leather motorcycle jackets and black pants and uh, executioner hoods. And there was this huge pile of computer monitors in front of them or behind them and a huge pile of like theater seats in front of them. And people began, I don't remember if music was playing, but people started kind of like whipped up into a frenzy. And then, and then computer monitors were getting thrown all over the place and theater seats were getting thrown all over the place. And it was just this, it was just this, uh, uh, like, like hive of, of excitement and energy. And I'm high on mushrooms and I, there's this black box next to me and I pick it up and I throw it. And somebody grabs my right arm and he goes, Hey, that was ours. And I turn around and it's, uh, Marcus from crash worship, the tall blonde guy. And I was just like, Oh, <laughs> like, Oh fuck. And I was like, Paul is going to kill me. Mark's brother. He's going to kill me. And I ruined the show. Um, and I was just like terrified and he ran and got it. And I like was in sheer fucking panic 
And so this video, just, I don't know, a year or two ago, I was looking on the internet and there are four videos of the show in the third screen grab from the, in the third video is just me. There's a huge fire behind me and you see whatever, 20, uh, 18, 19, 20 year old me. And my eyes are like huge black circles and it's just me with fucking long hair. I don't know what I'm looking at. Um, <laughs> And in, in the, that's how I watched the video. Your soul your body. <laughs> <laughs> the camera pans over to me and I'm just like liquefied, man. I was <laughs> all this shit behind me, uh, saucer eyes. And, and I guess I was like staring at the stage or something or staring at, I, I don't know. No, I wasn't looking where everybody else was looking. That's for sure. Um, so yeah, Crash Worship, they were great live, and uh, I miss them, and I wish, I would love to see them again. Um, but uh, yeah, that uh, that album, it's a, I don't know, six song live recording. It's on YouTube, and there was a, there was Carnal House, I think it was called, put a CD out, and those are probably available somewhere. It's so. weird music. It's not like the, uh, it's, it's one of those things, it's not like the others. Mm-mm. No, there's a there's a performance group in Denver right now called well they've been around for a while called Itchio and um, they have kind of a similar thing. I've never seen them live, but I think they have kind of a a similar thing going. But you know, I had never seen anything like Crash Worship. I have never seen anything like them since. Um. Uh. And uh, yeah, like, the music is. Uh, What's wild is that like they had songs and so you'd see them multiple times and they would play, you know, the same songs. You'd hear the same songs over to, and you'd think like you listen to free jazz and you're like, oh, that's just a bunch of impromptu uh, noise, you know, but then they can do that all over again and again and again and, and crash worship. Like you see them and you listen to them over and over again and you realize that there was really some specific method to that madness yeah um so like totally natural the go-go's and crash worship that's a yep. show i would go to yeah <laughs> i don't know who opens but it's a good show any way you slice it <laughs> all right let's take a quick break and when we'll get we'll get to whatever we're gonna get to this month we're sponsored by our good friends at seven cycles who've been in the vanguard of american custom frame building for more than a quarter century I worked there for most of a decade, and I learned things I didn't even know I needed to learn. When you work with Seven on a bike, you get real input into the design. They offer more tube set options than any other builder. They offer more ways to customize your bike. The process is deep, but it's also fun. The result is a bike you're going to love riding for a lifetime. We've secured a few places in their busy build queue for revolting listeners which means you can get a fully custom dream bike from Seven in just three weeks from the time you submit your measurements. This is the fastest route to the very best bike you're going to find. In addition, they're doing this cool thing called the Centennial Build, where the designer, bike builder, welder, and finisher combined will have 100 years of bike building experience. So it's sort of underlining the the depth and the experience in every bike. So check it out at sevencycles.com slash TCI. And we're back. 
And we are back, and I, I can only hear out of one ear, and that's fine. Everything's falling apart. Everything's falling apart, which is also a great record by uh, Husker Du. Everything falls apart. Anyway. Yeah, uh, so this episode is about figuring out which of the robot Stevel autonomous units is is the correct and original one by dissecting the quality of music, bikes, skateboards, weather, and attitudes of their particular coasts. Uh, if there can only be one, this episode should determine which of robot or Stevel needs to be taken out behind the barn and put out of everyone else's misery. Uh, I volunteer. <laughs> nope. Let's just cut, cut to the chase. <laughs> let's just cut to the chase and get it over with. Uh, let's start with an easy one. Which coast has produced better music? Uh, which coast has produced better bikes? <laughs> uh, uh, yes. So... Oh man, uh, it's all so good. I not I'm not gonna bikes. You know, I would say like the technical technological advances in suspension and stuff. Like that was all West Coast, but uh, and and uh, I will say that the first custom frame builder. Um, I mean, the guy that taught Ross Schaefer and Bruce Gordon and all those dudes, uh, Albert Eisentrout. You know, Oakland's finest. Uh, so uh, the East Coast did some really badass shit and still continues to do some really badass shit with steel fabrication. Um, say what's better, you know, it's apples and oranges. I'm going to go all the way out on the limb, which you can then begin to saw off of the tree by saying that <laughs> East Coast has produced better music. West coast has produced better bikes. Mm, West. Are we talking like, and now we're just ignoring everything between the coast. Like all of we the, are, we are the rest of the country. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that the rest of the country is bad. It doesn't mean, um, you know, there's great music from Chicago and Louisville, Kentucky and all the places. Um, we're just, this is just, e I was trying to start a uh, East Coast, West Coast beef with you, a la Biggie and Tupac, mm -hmm. uh, which, you know, uh, if you read to the end of that book, they both die. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. Uh, you're right, but all, and, but you're also wrong because if you, if we're going to talk about West Coast, we're going to talk about Seattle to San Diego. And yeah. fuck, man, like I hang my hat on a lot of what's come from between those two places and those two places specifically. Yep. I, I don't. East Coast. Yes. A lot of good stuff. <laughs> from the, <laughs> Here's Murphy's Murphy's Law. I mean, fuck, man. Party ball. Uh, uh, I mean, I'm just going to say DC Hardcore. I mean, my basic, here's, here's a basic idea. Okay. Um, and this is what I'm about to say. Uh, it's very difficult. It's all very contentious. And I love a lot of West coast music for sure. Obviously we did a whole show about it last week. Uh, but DC hardcore and DC post-punk 
to me, is better than anything that's happened on the West Coast. Hmm. Oh, God, that's hard to say. I just heard a bunch of computers and telephones turn off. Yeah. I don't think I, that is that's hard to hear. I agree. It's super fucking good. And it's been wildly influential all over the world. Uh, but it's, you know, it's just it's ah, it's just a matter of perspective. And sometimes I would agree wholeheartedly, you know, depending on my mood. And then sometimes I would disagree because uh, I'm wishy washy like that. You know, I love what I love when I'm loving it, but that's not all the time and forever. You're a bit of a whore that way. Um, mm. I mean, it is. this is painful. This is like saying which one of your kids you like better. I know which one of your kids I like better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say it, though. No, don't say that. <laughs> Um, I'm just kidding. I like them both equally. I, I dislike them both equally. Yes, yes. My friend Chris used to do this to people all the time. Like, if you were hanging out with Chris and, like, one other person, like, classically, it would be, like, Chris, me, and my buddy Mark. Chris would be like, uh, hey, Mark, who do you like better? Me, me, or, me or John? And he would do it to people everywhere all the time. It was really good. I'm going to start doing that, but I'm not going to like the answers because every time they're going to say, oh, well, the other person for sure. Like <laughs> just to spite me, even if they do like me better, they're not going to say that they like me better. And I'm still going to get my feelings hurt because I'm sensitive. So, OK, I think we kind of agree on this bikes. Uh, I mean, some badass shit comes out of both places. Um, you know, I'm giving the West Coast the advantage on bikes because there are more independent small independent builders there than there are here uh and west coast invented mountain biking yeah well even that can be yeah there's that, that denver debated. yeah there's that colorado crew that maybe and also people, did weren't people in the uk like riding you know i mean it's it's sort of hive mind stuff is that the right term monkeys in the typewriters yeah where it, the ideas the ideas were sprouting up this you know similar thing and we didn't have uh access to the internet so if you're some uh you're some person riding uh some kind of clunker or something in uh in the united kingdom or in the french countryside or wherever in the 70s or 60s how the fuck are you going to know what's going on in marin county it's just that it's just that the people in Telluride and Marin were like making a big splash about it and making fanzines and shooting footage. And I mean, yeah. I think I think they tipped the domino. It doesn't I'm not saying that no one ever rode a clunker on dirt before th those people did. But I'm saying that they tipped the domino. They they got to critical mass with it before anyone else did. Yeah, that's I, I think that's right. Uh, I was barely alive. So what do I know? I just You're barely know alive now. <laughs> I'm barely alive now. Uh, I just know what the books tell me. And yeah. the books tell me that it all kind of started in Northern California. But I, I know that's not entirely accurate. I, I want to so, say I want to say one more thing about music before we go on to the second part of this thing, mm -hmm. <clears throat> which is that obviously there's a lot of great West Coast uh, music that has been made across several genre 
I wouldn't, I'm going to go ahead and say the East Coast is better in part because a lot of West Coast and specifically California punk rock is really terrible. I feel like in some ways it's too sunny and nice in a lot of those places to make good, angry music. So it's always got this sort of like poppy cheerfulness to it that I just loathe. Okay, uh, but we're also lumping the Descendants and the Circle Jerks and, uh, uh, Jesus, Operation Ivy. I mean, even like the Bay Area punk rock bands, that wasn't really my cup of tea, but it was so legit and so fun to be a part of, even peripherally, you know, going to see those bands that the Gilman Street Project in the late 80s and early 90s. <clears throat> there was it was uh it was it was pretty legit but uh, you know then there's like new york hardcore and new york hardcore was foundational for so much good stuff as well uh you maybe i don't know you're right i just said the descendants and they just sing about girls and coffee uh, no i mean i think they're great all those bands i love all those bands that you mentioned what i what i guess what i would say is the same way that i think uh, you know, the, the Marin County, um, knuckleheads tipped the domino on, uh, mountain biking, the East coast idiots in New York, DC tipped the domino on hardcore and American punk rock that got taken up by some West coast people in a really great way. Uh, a hundred percent. I mean, pure hell and the bad brains. You know, like we, I love bringing up like, okay, American punk rock, uh, uh black musicians are foundational, foundational. Sure. Yeah. And I don't mean foundational, like, like lightly. I mean, foundational, like the whole fucking house is built on it. Right. Uh, and I, you know, I love that people recognize bad brains as being so, um, instrumental, uh, but I hate that. I had to discover pure hell on my own and I did wasn't, they weren't celebrated in every fanzine through between 1980 and 1990 and every issue of Flipside and every issue of maximum rock and roll. And like, I had no idea, you know, it was 76, 77. Yep. And it's so good. Yep. Oh, okay. So we brought it up before. If you haven't heard pure hell, you haven't listened to pure hell. Uh, track. I don't remember what their they had a record and some EPs or AEP or something, but um, definitely worth investigating and owning and celebrating. Uh, does the East Coast have anything like a chance at claiming to be a better skateboarding coast? Uh, which weather do you think is better, and who's got the right attitude? Uh, West Coast gets know. skateboarding all day, every day. Again, uh, uh, they made it. But it also, uh, I remember being in high school and I was like, oh, what, they're skateboarding in, uh, in New York, you know, right. and then learning like there's this whole fucking thing. And it's like, I love that it's, uh, it's, it's less with skateboarding as near as I can tell. It's really less West Coast, East Coast. It's a d different flavor and a different vibe, but it's the same family and people from the East Coast come to the West west coast and kill it and people from the west coast go to the east coast and kill it um uh, boston has always had a a huge scene um uh florida 
holy shit, man, Florida skateboarding is 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 pivot is a pivotal aspect. I f- fuck Florida, but it's <laughs> skateboarding in Florida are so inextricably linked forever. Uh, I mean, I, so I, ah, geez, one I, of the one of the huge differences is that the West Coast had there are skate parks everywhere and florida has skate parks too whereas new york and boston it's not that there are none but they are scarce yeah um so weather weather plays a huge role you know you can california you can skate year-round pretty much right uh and that's uh, you know not a luxury that's enjoyed on the west coast uh, so yeah, I don't know. Again, I gotta, I gotta say it's all apples and oranges. I love it. I love it all. And I would, I'm not gonna, fuck, I'm from Colorado. I don't even have like a horse in this race. I just live on the West coast. Everyone loves, um, Calif- uh, Colorado backwoods skateboarders. Um, this is a fact. Yeah. Uh, who's got the right attitude? Anybody who's doing it for fun. Yeah, and that's probably not us on the East Coast. We're we're not here for the fun. We're here to <laughs> dig fucking cellars, hand dig cellars all by ourselves in the cold with no gloves on and then give you shit about it. Yeah. I I Which- I do work with people, many people on the West Coast and often in meetings I say things and then there's like this this pause because they they like I draw I will just say a true thing and they're like, oh, no, we don't do that here. Like, (laughs) that's harsh, man. I will say that I have never experienced a lack of punctuality like I have on the West Coast. Oof. California, especially, it is astonishing. And I didn't know how to tell time until I was like an adult, basically. And so I, my mom used to say, well, you know, like kind of, they just gave up trying to teach me how to tell time because I was not having it. And I don't fucking care, you know, like still sometimes I got to care. But for the most part, I didn't care. And I didn't care until I was in college. And then I looked at a watch. And I was like, oh, 1115. OK, I understand now because I had to like, <laughs> you know, before I would walk to the school bus and uh, I would be watching cartoons or whatever. And I would see the Flintstones would come on and I'd be like, all right, well, I got to go now. Because this is, it takes me this long to walk to the school bus. Because Fred Flintstone just slid down the back of that, that brontosaurus. Yeah, yeah, man. If I'm still at home, by the time the cartoon is in full swing, I'm going to miss the bus. Right. For sure. So, like, I had to have all of my shit done at that point. And the, you know, the school bell rings and you go to the places that you're supposed to go when the bell rings. And then when the last bell rings and you go home or, well, I go to work. And then I would... When I was done with work, I would go home and <laughs> do, do the process all over again. Uh, so anyway, that being said, I'm always like 10 minutes early. My mom would say, come in when it feels like six o'clock or whatever. So I would always like I didn't want to be late. So I was I always ended up being early. And, um, you know, if I'm 10 or 15 minutes early to a thing and that's on me, then I end up waiting a total of about a half an hour, maybe 40 minutes because <laughs> people are inevitably going to be. 15 to 20 minutes late and it drives me that guy loud ass i haven't ridden bikes with him since uh, i drove from santa cruz to marin to go on a mountain bike ride and he just had to drive across the golden gate bridge and he was 45 minutes late and i was like fuck it i'm never riding <laughs> and i haven't ridden with him since 
like, like I had to drive two hours and 15 minutes and I got here 10 minutes early and I had to wait for 45 minutes and you lit, you literally live like 15 minutes from here. Yeah. I think the parents who infect us with really, um, deep work ethic also infect us with punctuality. <laughs> it's just, I, you know, it's, it's a sign of respect. Like, your oh, no, time, I to- I'm with you. I, yeah. Your, your time is more important than mine. Yeah, clearly, because uh, what what do I have to do but sit around and wait for you? Like it drives me. That's one of uh, I've got a, a lot of pet peeves, but that's a, a pretty big one for me. Can I just completely randomly insert a pet peeve that I have into this podcast and then we'll do the would you rather? Uh, Yeah, so, I love I love talking about pet peeves. So here's here it is at, at the grocery store that I frequent. There are two carts. There's the big one and there's the little one. And there is one cart return. And so in that one cart return, there are big carts and there are little carts. Okay. The people take the time <laughs> to bring their cart back to the cart return, but they will shove the big, the big one into the little one and the little one into the big one. It's not that hard. The big one fucks the big one and the little one fucks the little one. It's a puzzle with two pieces. Well, it's not, and I would almost say like, well, at least they're giving it a try, you know, at least they're, they're walking their cart back to the store, but yeah, that's right. Fuck, if you're not, if you're going to walk the cart back to the store, do it right. Like do put it where it's supposed to go. You're putting all this effort to walk, you know, 15 feet across the parking lot, put the thing where it's obviously supposed to go. I don't know. I don't understand how people work anymore. I've kind of given up on it. Yeah, it's like you make a whole banana split, and then right when you take the maraschino cherry out, you just huck it across the room. Fuck it. <laughs> Excellent analogy. Oh, thanks. Uh, what's another pet? We talked about, did we do an episode about pet peeves? No, but we should, because I got a lot of them. I do, too. Man, that's like, that's like three hours worth. I yeah, will they, say people who talk in movie theaters, that's right up there as well. If you dislike people talking in movie theaters, you should come. You know how sometimes you say, oh, I want to go to robot family dinner because it's hilarious. Yeah, it is hilarious. But it's followed by robot family television in which dad can't hear anything that ever happens (laughs) because apparently it's okay just to talk the whole time the show is on. In your own home, you do whatever you want to do. And then I do this thing murder. where I'll, I'll just pause the show because everyone's talking and they'll be uh-huh. like, oh, dad's getting upset. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> it's oh. fine in your own home. I, it's, I, it's, I see that. That's frustrating. I went to see the Incredibles. Maybe it was the second. Were there two Incredibles? I think there were. I think so. I don't remember. It was one of the Incredibles or it, maybe it was just some animated movie. I don't remember what the fuck it was, but there was two girls sitting right next to me and they had a conversation uh, the entire time, like about like what was going on at school and, you know, they, the, somebody, something, they lost their locker combination and, you know, their dad got a new truck and it, it was like normal conversational, uh, volume. And I was like, I, I was so perplexed. You were, you were so self-involved that you, why the fuck did you come here? Like movies are right. not cheap. Um, so you paid money to talk with your friend through the entirety of a movie that we've all paid to see. And I'm more invested now in like, uh, like 
you know, the, uh, the horsehair hairbrush that you bought, uh, then, then like what I, what, cause I, you know, oh, and then what happened? Oh my God, no way. You stub your toe. That's fucking insane. And it was just this for like I'm an hour and 45 minutes. I'm just trying to find out minutes. that the baby incredible has powers too. That's, <laughs> I mean, just, I'm just trying to find that out. I at one time and I, I hate being that, I hate being that person. But one time I, I, I actually asked somebody, I was like, why are you here? Stop it. Stop it. Can you sit and watch the movie in silence like everybody else is? But then I'm just like, well, fuck it. Just don't go to movies. And that solves that problem. I mean, all of my pet peeves are pretty much related to loosely related to the social contract. And, you know, I think of it as, look, when we're all out in public together, we're a team. Mm -hmm. We're a team. We're just trying to make this go the best it can for everyone involved. And anyone who's fucking that up is going to make me mad. Cause yeah. And you know, the, the real answer is don't care. It never changes except it for it being exactly how it is. Right. I suppose some days I just have less patience. Yeah. The problem is me. Yes. I hate, I hate confrontation, you know, like I'll avoid confrontation. If there's something I, you know, there's a, a video I saw this morning of these, this, um, this guy, this couple that's in San Diego, this couple, their cat is like, is enjoying spending time at their neighbor's house. And this couple is so mad that their cat likes hanging out at his house. He's calling him a cat pervert and he's harboring their cat and all this. He's feeding them. And he's like, I'm not doing anything. She's a cat. And, he, and they're like, tell her to go home. And he's like, she doesn't speak English. And then the guy's like, do this with your hands, like shoo her away. And, and they're so mad. But then the guy whose house they're hanging out with, he starts sort of antagonizing this couple who clearly is unhinged, you yeah. know? And then I'm like, well, now I'm not on anybody's side except the cat. Right. Both of you guys are acting like fucking clowns. Yeah. So, you know, to avoid, I just, you yeah. can, you can never, um, you can never confront or defeat vitriol or toxicity with more vitriol and toxicity. And so yeah. I try and I try and I try to, you know, take the high road. But sometimes I just got to fucking bounce because yep. I'm not going to make anything any better. I'm just going to make it worse. I think that is all right. I think I'm OK with that. Like, I'm not yelling at people at the grocery store. The big one fucks the big one. I don't like <laughs> do that. <laughs> you're like you're like you're like me. You're like one bad day away from being that guy. Yeah. Tomorrow well, we're going to see a video of you yelling at somebody, some little kid for putting the little cart in the big slot. Yeah, the little one doesn't fuck the big one, kid. Um, I, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with not confronting people. Uh, what I want is for the mania to leave the space between my ears. Like, I know I'm not going to make anything better. I know the way I want it is just the way I want it. It does. There's not a right way. Like, it's... You know, all this like self-justifying ego driven bullshit we do. I just want that to leave the space between my ears. Mm-hmm. I want reflexive judgmentalism. I don't even know what I just said, but you know what I mean? Like that reflexive thing where you're like, oh, you're doing it wrong. You're a fucking idiot. Yeah. I was in the car yeah. with, with Brittany the other day and some, a guy did something and I was like, ah, oh, you're a fucking idiot. And then I sat for a second. I was like, that was, that's pretty harsh. That's pretty <laughs> harsh. She was like, yeah. Yeah, probably not a fucking idiot. Maybe, maybe, maybe he is. 
you know, but we don't know. Maybe we all are. We all have lapses in judgment. We all Oof. do. We all do stupid shit. And people love telling other people what they do wrong. I mean, anybody. I know. Anybody who's ever, you know, slow rolled a <laughs> stop sign on their bike <laughs> knows that, uh, you know, there's somebody with an open car window will yell at you about not stopping, you know? And it's like, it's just, it's this, it's this, uh, it's this like uh, grasping onto some form of, of like c- civility or, you know, like you don't, you don't obey the rules or I'm so out of control of my own existence. Here's another take. I'm so out of control of my own existence that I have to then yell at other people and try to control what, what they do. And, yeah. you know, my backyard is a fucking mess. I got enough to worry about Same. without trying to chase down every scofflaw cart, not put her back or in the right place or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I want I want a shirt that says phone slapper on it. And then I walk around the grocery store and just slap people's phones out of their hand as they're walking down the aisle. <laughs> you were warned. It says it. I'm the, I'm the store's phone slapper. I get paid for this. Uh, hey, so do you remember what last year's would you rather or last week's would you rather was? Um... Was it the the sticky, dirty, chapped hands? Yes. Yes. Okay. I didn't put an X by that one, so I'm I'm trying to chip away at these. But here's a good one. Uh, would you rather pee yourself every time someone says your name, or <laughs> shit yourself every time someone says somebody else's? <laughs> there was an episode of The Young Ones where um, demons can come back to uh, come back from hell to torment people, but. Only if someone on Earth says their name. So the demons are named Orgo and Fatumch. <laughs> and and Fatumch says to Orgo, he's like, you have all these options. Should we go out for dinner or go to the cinema? But no one's ever going to say Fatumch. <laughs> and then, like, immediately one of the young ones is reading, like, a, a an apartment ad, and he's like, with all mod cons and fatumch. <laughs> like it's all <laughs> um so pee myself every time someone says my name or shit yeah. myself every time someone says anyone else's name? Yeah, it's kind of a rumple stillskinny situation. Um yeah, Explain anytime. That. What does that mean? Well, uh, you know, Brittany says, Hey, I'm going over to Deb's house up oh, and you shit yourself. Yeah. And that's that. And that's how it goes. So then you have to alert all of your loved ones and friends and associates not to use proper names around you. Don't say names around me. Please pronouns only. Uh correct pronouns wherever possible, uh appropriate to what the person Otherwise I'm going to sh- That that is how we'll get over this whole uh pronoun uh bullshit <laughs> in modern society. <laughs> Just Get everyone's pronouns right or I'll shit myself in your presence. Nobody's going to care about that. If people then shit themselves, if they use the wrong pronoun, then that would oh, be a, yeah. that would be the deterrent. I'm going to say uh, pee myself because that's way easier to manage. And nobody ever says my name. And if they found out about it and they just ran up to me and be like, well, what's up, Steve? And then, well, oh, I pee myself. Uh, I could do, I'll just wear a diaper. 
And you know, uh, you uh, we both have a lot of friends who would do it like every time they saw it's just for fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take pee myself on my name. We're both getting to an age where we're probably just going to be peeing ourselves spontaneously anyway. I know a guy who <laughs> fell out of a warehouse loft and landed on his butthole on the vice handle and tore, his, <laughs> tore himself pretty bad. And so like the muscles don't contract real good. So like when he is, when he has to take a shit, it's coming on pretty quick. So like you're on a road trip or whatever. He's like, Hey, uh, 30 second countdown. Like you got to pull over. Oh no. Yeah. I wish I didn't Uh, know that. I don't even know that guy. And you didn't say his name because he probably would have shit himself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to go with P I'm going to go with P myself. Because that, that seems far easier to manage. And even if you do pee yourself, it's like, well, whatever. Just carry a change of pants. It's, it seems like it just the laundry that's involved with shitting yourself anytime anybody says anybody else's name is that's well, you, sort of overwhelming. You basically couldn't have a conversation with anyone because they'd be trying to tell you a story and then they have to identify the characters and they can't all be he, she, they. Uh, no, or numbers. I don't know. You'd have to. I, I don't know. It's person it's, number one. Then you're playing charades. <laughs> I'm like shit myself to charades. It's way too. There's too many moving parts in that. So, so okay. So here's well, one though. Like, let me just. Here's a scenario. Say someone's trying to uh, tell you a story, and they know about your problem, and they're like, they make this hand gesture, and you're like, oh, you mean Stevel? And you say it. Do you then shit yourself because you said someone else's name? No. No, because I said my name. I wouldn't. I would just be peeing myself. Anytime no, no, I no. say my I'm name. I'm saying Brittany's oh. telling me a story about Stevel, and I say, or she's trying right. to like, like, you know that guy? And I'm like, oh, Stevel? <sighs> I don't know. I didn't think this one out so That's completely. All right. That's all right. We both pee ourselves. This is like the third week in a row that we both agreed on this. I got to I gotta try harder. Next week. Next week. It'll all, everything will be better tomorrow. Yep. Love it. Uh, hey, so here's the outro. Thanks for listening to Revolting, the Internet's number one podcast for middle-aged punk rockers. Uh, mental health pseudoscience and ADD-driven rambling. Subscribe to the Cycling Independent. That's the hat out in front of our park bench. This is Art. Support it. On behalf of the Cycling Independent and Revolting, I'm Steve. I'm Robot.